Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the WP Builds Podcast. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk a small web development agency in the north of England. And I'm joined, as always, by David Wormsley. Hello, David. Hello. How are you today? I'm very good. Is life treating you well? Have you had a nice week? Yeah, not bad, actually. Yeah, sunshine in here. Yeah, it's um, actually, it's the, it's, I'm in the UK and it's about 12 degrees, which for March is really, really good. So we're all very happy where I live at the moment. I expect where you are, it's like 42 degrees or something. Yeah, it's getting to a really hot season now. But the oh. good news is the, man- the mangoes come soon. Oh, nice. Yeah, we, we just have to go to the shop and buy them. <laughs> they, don't grow. they don't grow here. Um, we'll introduce our guest uh, in a moment or two. But first of all, we'll just hop right in and do our news items, if that's OK with everybody listening. So the first one, um, a bit of an interesting one, is that WordPress.com um, is going to be supporting collaborative editing uh, via Google Docs. Now, uh, as always, all of these will be linked in the show notes at the bottom, but you will be able to uh, essentially collaborate, edit things. And apparently, if you use the Google Docs styling system, so if you use, if you highlight something and decide that that's a header or this is a paragraph, it will take most of that styling across. It won't publish it, but you will at least be able to have a really good suite of tools for collaborating with other people, editing, and then click. Um, it's, a, it's a plugin that you upload into Google Docs and um, and then it fires it off to WordPress and then you've got to go into WordPress and actually publish it. Now, apparently this is going to work on WordPress.com and .org websites. I haven't got a great deal of detail, but I can imagine a use case. I've got one situation where that will be very, very useful indeed. For, for most situations, I'm quite happy going in. And my clients are happy going in using the WYSIWYG editor, but um, I can imagine that that would be quite useful for some people, especially if there's two, three, four, five people um, joining up writing the same article. Um, Anything to say on that, David? Mm, No, not much. So, yes. Yeah, I don't think I would use it. That's the thing. Yeah, I I can see that it's got a use, especially in sort of enterprise, but I can can see that for me, probably Mm. not so much. Okay, next thing. uh, It looks like Medium is in a bit of trouble. Medium is kind of like a blogging platform, and it looks like it's in a bit of trouble um, financially and otherwise. Um, And the folk at WordPress.com have set up Excuse me, I'm just trying to find the article. Uh, Essentially, there's going to be a way of importing all of your posts um, from Medium into WordPress.com websites. I think really the writing potentially is on the wall for Medium, despite how good and straightforward and simple it is. It looks as if it might be going away reasonably soon. I could be completely wrong about that, and it might be here long into the future, but it it feels like it's, you know, the writing is a little bit on the wall. Uh, So WordPress are trying to siphon those people, and of which there are many, many millions, I think. So yes, uh, probably quite an astute move, getting, getting in there before anybody else. Um, Okay, the next one is update to WordPress 4.7.3. It was released during this week. I'm not sure exactly. I think it's a security um, patch. 
I haven't read it a great deal, but again, I'll put the link in there. But if any of your sites have not automatically updated, go in and, and fix it and update. For some reason, one of mine didn't. All of mine did, except one, which I had to go in manually and, and update. I don't quite know why that was, but um, worth doing as always if it's a security patch. Speaking of security, locking people out of your site is always a good thing. And there's been a plugin which has been widely used called Clef. Mm. Now, Clef is a form of two-factor authentication, a bit like Google's Authenticator app. And it allowed you to scan with a smartphone. Let's call it a barcode, but it wasn't quite a barcode. And therefore, it was a, a second thing that you have, not something that you know. And... Um, it's been widely deployed. I think lots and lots of people have been using it. However, they've issued uh, one million people, it says, as, are using it on the WordFence blog. But it's going away. In about three months' time, it's going to disappear and presumably stop working at that point. I don't know if it will just immediately stop working. Presumably there's some sort of server-side technology of theirs going on. Um, so if you've got Clef, probably time to look for something else. And I can heartily recommend using Google Authenticator. It does the same job, but uh, it's probably going to be around forever. Okay, the next one then on my little list is... Oh, it's another sort of Gmail, Google-related one. Um, this time, it's nothing to do with WordPress. It's just that Google have decided, if you're a Gmail user, that they're going to up the amount of attachment data that you can attach. Previously, if you wanted to attach uh, something in, in a Gmail email, you were limited to 25 megabytes, but now, which was pretty good actually, to be fair, now it's been up to 50. Um, so each attachment can be 50 megabytes in size. And that's, I think that's really reasonable. You know, if you were to tar up, um, or you could almost send across an entire WordPress website and database in a tarred, in a little tar ball with that. So I think that's pretty generous. Um, what else have we got to say? Oh, yes. It turns out that last week's collapse of the Internet um, was all to do with one person. I'm talking, of course, about Amazon and their web services, which collapsed last week at some point for a period of, oh, let's say it was about 12 hours or something like that. And it turns out it was one chap in Virginia who entered something. Well, I don't know that he did it incorrectly, but he entered some code into a terminal. Um, he had playbook access um, enabling him to execute these commands. So there was nothing there was nothing hackerish about it. This guy was employed to do this, but essentially, instead of shutting down one or two S3 servers, yeah. he shut down dozens and dozens, possibly hundreds. And it turns out that Amazon's infrastructure requires Amazon's infrastructure to work. So if you shut down important parts of Amazon S3, you then shut down lots of other things like Lambda and SES and various other services that Amazon provide. Um, now, the problem was that instead of shutting down a few, he shut down hundreds and they've never restarted these things, or at least they haven't restarted them for years. And so they've learned a little bit about the dependencies of themselves upon themselves and the speed at which things can reboot, because it took a certain amount of instances of S3 to come back online before other crucial mm -hmm. services could start to function again. Anyway, it all it all got fixed. They've mitigated in the future so that such commands can't be executed by one individual. But uh, interesting, and also quite interesting that, um, you know, the idea that so much of the internet relies upon one provider. Now, I know that in the same space, you've got Microsoft and you've got Google with their cloud platform. Um, but Amazon at the minute is the clear uh, front runner. And it does sort of speak 
to the fact that really we shouldn't be in this situation. A bit like when Cloudflare went down um, or had a problem recently. You know, it just shows that if everybody throws their eggs into the one basket, it that's one point of failure. And if that goes wrong, we're all in a bit of trouble. So luckily it didn't really affect me because I don't use Amazon for hardly anything at all. So anyway, there's my news. Fantastic. Hmm. Right, so we move on to the main section, shall we? I'm quite yes. excited about this one. We are talking about a subject we kind of talked about before because we will. Our subject for today is alternative revenue streams for freelancers, and we did go through a list, didn't we, Nathan? But this time we have a guest who actually puts this into action. Yeah. So we and we've got uh, somebody <laughs> I've been wanting to talk to for ages, which is Davinda. Now I'm going to say your name wrong, Singh. Can't is it, how do you say your name, Davinda? <laughs> it's can't. Can't. Ah. Yeah, the first two parts were correct. The last was can't. Ah, hey, like the well, philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, good to be here. Well, it's fantastic to have you on because I'm sure amongst our listeners you'll be really well known because you're such a big contributor to the Beaver Builder community, and I guess most people will know you from. Pro Beaver, your blog there. Yeah, absolutely. And your and your newsletters, which we love. Oh, yes. thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, you, um, maybe... you, you. So I was just going to sort of comment on the newsletters. Yeah, thank you for that. That's obviously requires quite a lot of work each week, trawling, keeping up to date, and then actually formatting it and putting it all in a newsletter. And certainly, I appreciate that, and I'm sure that lots of people listening to this will as well. So yeah, thank you so much for making the effort. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Actually, Davindi, you're actually saving me from Alzheimer's because you actually feature some of the things that I've done. And I, I read your newsletter and I go, oh, did I do that this week? <laughs> yeah, you know, initially, initially it was like a little too much of work to do, but now it's like very easy. There are a lot of people in the Bieber community who will ping me on the Facebook. Okay, this is the link for your newsletter for the next week. So I already ah. get so much stuff in the messenger. Oh, wow. Okay, that's great. Well, let's let's get to the topic, shall we, that we're talking to today. And our, we're both fascinated by your story. And that kind of leads on to really our topic of revenue stream. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got started in, in WordPress or just working generally in our industry? Well, I started, you know, in this online world, almost when I was in school, which is like way back. And I started as a blogger, tech blogger. I used to write tutorials on how to do basic things on Windows because Windows is what platform that I was using at that time. I'm still using it. No yeah. shiny object or shiny syndrome <laughs> of Mac here. So, <laughs> so <clears throat> uh, and you know, at that time, they, they weren't many resources in resources online on how to, you know, blog or how to learn. So you just have to try everything and see if it works or not. And I actually made quite a good money at that time via Google AdSense. But like after a while, I realized that all my revenue, almost 99% of revenue relied on Google, whether be it my search rankings in Google search or money earned via Google AdSense program. And when you do blogging for almost like four or five years, the boredom kicks in. So I wanted to do something different. So I transitioned into design and development and they were something it they weren't alien to me because I was actually designing and developing themes for my own blogs when I was doing blogging 
So it came naturally, but the only stumbling point was like where to get the clients. It's not yes. easy. And I being in India here still, you know, the businesses, small businesses do not give that much importance to websites, unlike in Western world. So after a bit of struggle, you know, now I have a bit of a very healthy mix of direct clients and agencies for whom I work as developer. And all my clients and agencies are based in Australia and US. Mm. So, and plus that, I've thrown in the mix of digital products, consultancy, and I'm also trying going to try a few more things in coming months. Because when you are working with agencies, you are not short of work. The work is always there. So my base income is all, always there. So I can use my rest of the time to do creative stuff like probeaver.com. Mm. Uh, yes. Wow. Well, look, I've got a question because you were saying about starting off with the blogging. So I think you mentioned before that AdSense was the main the main source of that income. Is that correct? Yes. And Infolinks. Ah, right. Infolinks contributed almost like 20% AdSense around 80% of mm. out of the 100%. Wow. It's still it's still good way to earn money if you if you write good content, good content which people will be searching. I think yes. you can still make a lot of money provided your audience is not technical. Technical in terms they should not know how to make websites. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting right. transition, isn't it? You've moved um, away from that audience, I'm guessing, um, or do you still write sort of Windows tutorials and things like that? Those blogs are still, you know, there, alive mm. and making money, but I have not updated content on them for last four years, maybe three, right. four years. I do update the WordPress and the theme part, right. and they still make money, which is fine. So you've got um, you've got blogging with adverts, I presume, embedded in there and, and what have you. Is there any other sort of system that you uh, rely upon or you have used, whether it's a vast proportion of your income or whether it's just a small proportion? What other what other avenues do you have to, to generate revenue? During that time, during the blogging years, uh, the you know, 99 percent of income came from the embedded code of advertisements from Google AdSense and Infolinks. Mm -hmm. However, now when I am not blogging, I'm making more of a resource sites like ProBeaver and venturing into other stuff like making themes, you know. Mm. There, the, these uh, advertising networks just don't work. You've got to have either the affiliate links working or direct advertisements. Yeah, my, my guess is that the audience is significantly smaller. Um, and also, I presume in the case of Pro Beaver, the, the people are fairly technical. And my guess is they're sat at a computer most of the day and they're probably quite immune to seeing adverts. I know that for my part, whenever I do a Google search, I kind of I've blanked out the adverts. My brain no longer interp interprets the information from the adverts. I just I just ignore them. Um, so yeah, so how how does it work with with Pro Beaver? Do you have to have a, a whole range of little niche projects like that, or do you are you able to uh, leverage things like Pro Beaver and and it, it, it's worth doing from a sort of financial point of view? Frankly, I didn't start Pro Beaver for money. Yeah, because 
it, it I've, I've been using Beaver Builder ever since it became Beaver Builder from Fastline Builder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I started using it on my personal projects and direct client projects, then made my agencies, you know, convinced convinced mm-hmm. them to, you know, try it out on certain projects, certain client projects. And we had more than positive response from clients because they loved, you know, editing stuff by themselves rather than contacting us to, you know, make small changes. Yeah. So now all the agencies that have worked, we use Genesis as the base for the theming and Beaver Builder on top of it to, you know, build the layouts and everything. Yeah. And uh, it's just like when you use a product on daily basis, you accumulate a lot of information and Pro Beaver is just an outlet of of out of that information because we have all of the all of us we have this problem we every day we learn a lot of new things but we do not document it primarily because we say we don't have time for that and this is probably very just a documentation of what i've learned using Beaver builder you know building client size agency sites but now if you're talking about the money Pro Beaver is definitely financially viable now because mm. I do do make quite a bit of money from affiliate sales and I would frankly admit that I have never made such amount of money from affiliate sales That's ever. That's really really interesting. But presumably there was a, so there was a long lead up time where it was just a labor of love and you just decided to do it and there was no thought um, about generating revenue and you just happened to in this case stumble across something where um where by by making that effort and putting content out each week and getting your name out there and being recognized people open your emails people go to your site and it's just it's just a happy marriage it's worked out well for for us the audience and you from some affiliate links as well that's great exactly Mm. and you know what the beaver builder community is very different from you know the communities related or wrapped around the other products i've been to seriously mm-hmm. here people are very much interested in helping each other mm-hmm. and i was surprised a lot of people contacted me where is the donate button on your probeaver.com i wish to donate and i said i don't yeah. think so donation is a good idea probably you can just enjoy the content and share it that's that's good enough for me have yeah. you tried so- the same idea um, in a different community, you know, so in other words, exactly the same idea, creating documentation around a, a thing, uh, in, this case, in this case, let's say a WordPress thing, and uh, and it didn't work out. At the end, after a period of time, you, you sort of were banging your head against the wall and, and it wasn't <laughs> wasn't worthwhile. You were getting no traction and n- no, n- no affiliate links were coming through or, and you sort of abandoned it. Did that ever happen? Not really. The no. other niche project that I did or is still alive is like simpleprothemes.com, which is basically Genesis child themes. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's with my it's with my partner Chinmay. Mm-hmm. We both uh, manage. You know, we both develop themes. We both handle support. It's like fifty percent split. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and we started it. We started it in a very planned manner. It took us almost an year to plan our first theme and all that. And we when we launched a theme, our theme was priced very high as compared to the themes at that time. Genesis theme would sell at like fifty dollars a theme mm-hmm. at that time, but we launched at seventy nine dollars for a personal license and developer license for one ninety nine. Wow! And a lot okay. of people, wow. few people did tell us like it's expensive, 
but we didn't want to sell in a big numbers we want we were basically targeting people who run agencies and guess what our targeting did work fine because 60% of our buyers were people who run agencies and they uh, gave us like $199 for one theme purchase which was like you know you got to try yeah. it to see it it works yeah and these people don't even ask you support questions because they are technically savvy and <laughs> So it's all rosy. <laughs> I mean, my question, Devinder, Dev, is uh, how do you manage all of these different sources? Your time with it, because you know, any of these can take off and demand more time from you. How do you find a balance with this? Do uh, do you have control over the agency work that you do and how much you take on with that? You know, uh, when you consider work as work, you can never. <laughs> never be happy this is not work for me seriously i enjoy doing it regarding the actual management part <clears throat> agency work they have a like big deadlines like if a project starts today uh -huh. there's a you know grab of four or five weeks to complete the development and majority of these projects are really big like every page will have a different design they will be like 20 30 pages and nowadays we've also started using beaver builder for you know uh, designing and setting up e-courses modules because one of the agencies I work they specialize in making websites with the you know e-courses mm -hmm. uh, module where there's a dashboard there's a login page we design everything the dashboard modules and login page with the Beaver Builder and it's been you know and that that now when you are doing similar kind of projects you always always have templates ready you know i have my base theme ready i can you know start a project in about mm -hmm. half an hour yeah it mm -hmm. just so it's just you need to find your workflow regarding other projects like simple pro themes we are not sure about the direction we were planning uh, to launch few beaver builder child themes but we were waiting to see what the new plugin Beaver Themer would, you know. Mm. Mm. So now we know what Beaver Themer can do. So probably we can tweak in and integrate Beaver Themer if we ever plan to launch any theme for Beaver Builder. Mm. And Pro Beaver doesn't take much time because I'm always on the Facebook and I'm always, you know, seeing like who's posting what and everything so and now there are a lot of people who help me make the newsletter they just you know as i told you before they just yeah. ping me on the messenger okay you yeah. you should cover this you should cover this so, okay it's been good do, do you um get to divide up your week how you like it then so for example the pro beaver can be written um you could do 10 minutes here and a half an hour here and a quarter of an hour here and you can just fix it all together until finally it's finished and Presumably the agency work um, works in the same way. David and I have made it so that we always allocate a particular block of hours on a Thursday morning to record the podcast now. And so we've kind of relinquished the control of that and that we've allocated a bit of our week to that. Do you do, Are you just very flexible? Do you just fit things in whenever you just need to do them? No, I have little plan structure like for as far as, you know, when, as and when I see something that's useful for the newsletter, I bookmark it. I just don't write it in a blog post. I just bookmark that stuff in the Facebook or uh, on a spreadsheet that I always have open on my computer. Yep. And newsletter, it takes about two to three hours. I generally write on Wednesdays or Thursdays in the evening. So that's how it, I, 
it only takes two to three hours for me. Yeah, I think personally for me, having a structure is beneficial. Exactly. I, I work better if I know, okay, starting at 10 o'clock on a Thursday, I'm going to do this for the next few hours until it's finished. Um, but I also know that I've got, you know, some friends who do a whole variety of different things and they, they like the freedom, you know, or I'm going to go out and walk the dog or I'm going to do <laughs> what, whatever and then I'll just do it whenever it fits in my life. Um, yeah, it's just different horses for courses, isn't it? Yeah, when you're doing your own direct client projects, you can be very structured, you know, mm. you can work mm. for Mondays and Tuesdays and not work for other days. And yeah. same goes for your own like pro beaver pro kind of projects. But when you're working for agency, you uh, probably you can't you've got to have that flexibility because there would be, uh, you know, we we use teamwork and base camp for client communication and even the communication within the uh, agency. So we have the designer, their virtual assistant. So there could be an issue with the, some code or something. So that person will message you on that you know mm. platform so you yep. have to reply you, you don't need to reply it immediately but still one to two hour response time is i guess required yes yes um so we've talked about google adwords um and we've talked about affiliate links H have you got any sort of sage words of advice for either of those two things about about why it's working for you and and you know how come you've managed to to make it successful Okay, first I would like to make a little correction. It's Google AdSense. Oh, sorry, Google apologies. Ad yeah, yeah. Right. AdWords is like spending money, not earning yes. money. <laughs> <laughs> Quite different. <laughs> you know what? Google AdSense, people generally have this perception, especially those who don't work online, that making money online is very easy, which is not true. Mm -hmm. Making money online is as difficult as you are working in an office job or in a factory. So you got you got to find your sweet spot seriously because and you've got to leave your bug of perfectionism because we all have this perfectionist bug. You know, we try to perfect, perfect, perfect and don't launch anything. I guess you should just if you have an idea, just launch it and you can perfect it during that period. And this is very important. And you cannot, you know, by reading blog posts or doing e-courses, you cannot find your speech spot or like I will do this I will be successful in this no one can you've actually got to try it you actually got to put things in you know action mm. and uh, just like an example of ProBeaver it started with a hunch like one day I said okay let let me just make a site you know within one day I had the domain registered beaver builder theme installed plugin installed I didn't care about you know how the theme should how the theme should look I just added started adding content I just changed the look like three four months ago you know mm -hmm. you can have that you know refinement while in the process just take out the thing out and now mm -hmm. I do have plans to you know expand pro beaver uh, I am looking for, you know, getting into e-courses and stuff. Let's see, it's still in planning stage because I've got my other site, Basic WP, which I have revamped and I've started adding content to it, which is more of a, you know, WordPress tips and tutorials, the general WordPress tips targeted mm. at beginners. Mm. So let's see, I have actually a lot of websites, so I'm just trying to consolidate. Yeah. What the there's a whole bunch of people who I'm going to call internet marketers um, 
who have a, mm-hmm. an approach which is slightly contrary to the way I like to do things. Um, f- firstly, I, I make money from building websites. That That is what I do. And um, the, any ancillary money, sort of affiliate links, is just a if, if any of that were, were ever to work, it would be just coincidence and very, you know, and welcome. Um, so firstly, to get that out of the way. But th- there's a whole bunch of people that I see online who seem to have the approach that, you know, building websites is, is you, you must build a website to make money and everything about it must be refined and tweaked. And, you know, if it's not making money, it's not worth pursuing. You need to ditch it and move on to the next thing. Now, clearly... Uh, that that that's isn't the approach you took with Pro Beaver. Quite the opposite. It was an organic thing, and it um, it sort of grew without all of that, and it was like a happy coincidence. Do you do you sort of agree with that? And do you plan to kind of like roll that model forward to try something else? Do you do you have your eyes on another WordPress product and think, oh, I might I might see if I can recreate <laughs> this success over here as well? Not really, but I do plan to. Like I told you, like I do plan for. I'm planning for e-courses, but I would only cover those products that I actually use. I'm not going to go after what market is looking for because mm. you can only teach and be expert at things which you have actually used. Mm. So it won't work that way. But a little bit of planning is required in everything you do. Obviously, ProBeaver didn't have any planning, but my other projects like Pro, Simple Pro Themes, there were a lot of planning, a lot of brain power went, like how the theme should work, how the theme should look and all that. Mm. But if you if you're gonna you know go for like five thousand dollar e courses, they all will slap like thirty modules on your face and say, okay, do this, do this, do this, do this. Mm-hmm. Actually, you don't need to do all do all those thirty things in the start. You just have to take your thing out and you can refine it in the in the process. Yeah, I think that's a really good thought. David and I, uh, if you've looked at the WP Builds website, you'll notice that's the approach exactly. that David and I <laughs> Exactly. I've, I've seen that. <laughs> it's, uh, it was a 10-minute one. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very quick. Uh, neither of us have made the, um, made, the, made the time to sort of tweak it and update it. It's a bit like you, you know, once we're, a, once we're uh, I don't know, a few more months down the road, maybe we'll allocate some time to it. But it's functional. It works. It does what it says. I mean, it's clearly the Beaver Builder yeah. theme. Everything about it yeah. shouts about it. But yeah, I think I think there's a lot of sense in that. I think I like the idea of uh, doing something, let it grow organically, get it out there before it's perfect, and then iterate. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's lovely. Good advice, I think. Yeah. Exactly. Devinda, can I ask you a question? It's kind of not related to this topic, but sort of is. Somebody asked me before, they wanted to look to start a business with Beaver Builder, whether really doing what you're doing, I guess, which is um, PSDs to websites, to Beaver Mm -hmm. Builder, WordPress websites. And they kind of wanted to know how to get started. And my little suggestion to them was that maybe as they didn't have some client work to show to try and attract some agencies that they would just go and copy some sites out there. But do you have any advice for somebody in that situation who would like that kind of work and do similar to what you've been able to set up for yourself? You know, if you are now, it depends whether you want the whenever, you know, new people start, they always want direct clients, which is kind of a wrong Mm -hmm. approach because if you are looking for a direct client, that client will always ask you, okay, tell me at least few sites that you've built. Give me a few mm-hmm. references, but you are new. You can't give anything. Mm. So the best the best bet is 
go to agencies agencies are more than happy to hire new people and they will even pay you they won't even ask you okay design a site free for us just to test your capabilities there are a lot of people who do that don't ever get into that never do even if you're new don't do anything for free you can do it for a discounted price because you're new and you are just trying to show that okay i can do this but before you go you know over over to this phase you got to have those skills as well so if you're going to design a psd obviously you should know how the layers work in photoshop and if you're going to do the psd to you know wordpress thing you got to know how to slice those layers and you know arrange those elements in headers content and foot apart so that's the bit of you know the, the basic should be there in your hand once you have that you can approach you know 10 agencies that comes first in google search you will be guaranteed to have a reply at least from two of them seriously that's that's how mm. it's simple it is oh, wow <laughs> no i'm fascinated because in a way that could be an income for people who already work with clients you know they could put their services out to agencies to do extra work where they are literally cutting out the client and just delivering the 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 wordpress site itself and it saves you a lot of time because when you're working with agencies you are actually dealing with people from the agency and not the direct client so you are mm. not wasting your time or i should say spending your time dealing mm. with client feedback mm. yeah and we all know how fun that can be <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's It's good a roller advice. coaster yeah so apart from um well we're talking about um revenue streams here so apart from um now let me get this right adsense and um affiliate links i've got a few little things which i've talked about before you know i i do my own hosting and i do um email distribution and create funnels for people and things like that is there anything else that you do which contributes um directly maybe something peculiar that you do or something that you've you don't often talk about that raises you some revenue earlier i used to you know host client websites on my own server and used to manage it on monthly retainer but mm-hmm. last two years i've actually removed all those clients and send them to different places because that was not something in my comfort zone because when you're working one man person you just can't reply to every person because when a site goes down a client will keep knocking uh, to your, your door irrespective whether it's night or day at your end so the peace of mind wasn't there so i just removed that part of the revenue stream mm. uh, as per the additional revenue streams there are themes that i sell they still sell in good numbers and okay. on pro beaver i sell those css packs which yes yes fortunately people, a lot of people do buy it and and i did experiment with you know one template beaver template on pro beaver just to mm. gauge the market response it wasn't the blockbuster thing but it wasn't bad either few people did buy it but then that template was very niche so mm. you know as i told you you got to try to see because mm. it's difficult as such by reading the technical stuff mm. well it just strike me oh sorry no no go on you, uh, you carry on yeah well it does strike me that there's a new market coming with what you mentioned devinda with the beaver thema because there's a whole bunch of templates there aren't they that are going to be you know purposely made for archives i guess but i guess the challenge there is uh, that people to get the full power out of them they they are best when they are connecting up to 
uh, field connectors of some kind, so ACF or, or pods or some um, other program like that. So, but it does seem a market there. Is that something you're thinking of exploring? Yes, but you know, when uh, like six months down the line or one year ago, you know, the Beaver market wasn't that mature. The, most of the people who were using Beaver Builder were actually developers or semi-developers, whatever you want to call them. But most of them do know how to write CSS or fiddle around with PHP. If you compare this with people who use other page builders like Divi, uh, majority of their users are not developers or even semi-developers. So if you see their theme market, the Divi themes market, it's very flourishing and they sell themes at like $125, $199. And you, if, even if you replicate those themes in Beaver Builder, you know, thing, it won't sell in that numbers because the market here is more targeted towards developers or people who run agencies. Mm -hmm. So with Beaver Themer, there's a bright light there because <laughs> You know, for Beaver Thema, you got to be a little technically, you know, mm. strong to use it because it's not as easy as it looks because yes. custom fields, custom yep. post types, these words are enough to scare a lot of people. So, yes. you, so you, you got to do a little wait and watch when the stable version comes out. Mm. Okay. I think maybe have we run the course of this one? We're on 37 minutes. David, have you got anything you want to add? No, I could talk to Davinda for a long time. There's so much to talk about, but I think that's enough for everyone, don't you? <laughs> yes. Well, probably just to say before we wrap up that um, Davinda, obviously, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about your experiences. Um, is there anything you would like to say to our audience before you go? We We sort of really just give you an opportunity here to to plug a product or mention something that you think is worthy of our audience uh, seeing so uh, over to you well you both of you guys are doing tremendous job with this podcast and especially david i love to watch your videos yeah of, <laughs> of beaver builder keep doing it i think i have given you one advice like you got to be a little structured make a website you know instead of sharing <laughs> youtube links make a share a you know web page url with the yes. video embedded probably you are still lazing around uh, yeah, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah youtube's a great platform isn't it i must admit um do you have pretensions of that david do you do you wish to put all your stuff into a, a, a silo your own website well there is one there there's the uh, i bought a domain name and, and i got it up but i've done nothing with it so i'm still just shoving that stuff out on youtube and i need exactly. to organize my yeah my beaverjunction.com site yeah. it looks looks horrendous but uh, yeah, anyway content is all over the place on that side you can <laughs> you can easily get lost in that site <laughs> yes it's so full <laughs> Because you've been so busy, it is a funny one, though, isn't it? The idea of um, when you get when you're doing a client website, that sort of stuff is very. It, it's always done, isn't it? You always tie all of those knots and you mm. cross the i's and dot the t's. And yet, on my yeah. own websites, there's like the WP Builds one. I could easily mm. allocate a few hours to making that prettier. Um, and on my own website, there's things which I know need tweaking, and yet I never manage to do it. I'd rather 
um, sort of sit and drink a beer. <laughs> this, this is cool for everyone, seriously. I did make over of my official, you know, portfolio site, iGuiding.com, almost yep. like blazing around for two years and yep. finally did it. But I only managed to do it three pages. Portfolio section is still missing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's like the the builder who you know is goes out all day and has a has a fantastic job building people's houses and then comes home and lives in a sort of derelict house because they just can't be bothered at the end of the day to do their own handiwork. Well, I'm and, a bit like that, yeah. And if it if it had been a client website, it would would have been done within one week. You know, you know you there's, a, see there's, the a, there's a niche right there, a website builder who finishes <laughs> off websites of development. <laughs> 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 oh, boy, that would be funny. Right, okay, um, thank you. At the end, we always have the, the cheesy music, but before we enter the cheesy music and give the silly phrase of the week, um, I should just plug uh, WordCamp London one more time. It's next weekend. I'm going there. I'm just going to hide in a corner, I think, because I've never been to one before. But if you uh, if you see me, please come and say hello. Um, and I will endeavour to talk to uh, everybody that I meet. I understand that they're very friendly things. But yeah, just a little plug. WordCamp London next week. And finally, the um, the phrase is hunky-dory. <laughs> hunky-dory. Tell us, tell us, David, what does it mean? I think it means that everything is a-okay. Yep. Yes. That would All be... good and pleasant. Yeah. yeah. Every, everything is as it should be. Completely <laughs> like normal. Like Bieber Builder. Yay, like it's hunky-dory. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, and on that note, on that hunky-dory note, I'm going to allow the cheesy music to fade in, and uh, I'm going to say goodbye from me, Nathan Wrigley. That's goodbye from me, David Wormsley. And the and finally... Go on, Dan Davinda. Goodbye from Davinda as well. <laughs> Have a nice week, guys. We'll see you next okay. week on episode 17. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.